Josh talked about um, force feeding your kids. I suggest you don't do that. My husband did it once. Thank you. <laughs> is Laurie in here, honey? Are you are you here? Where's my daughter? Is she here? What are you doing back there? Stand up so everybody can see you. Nobody knows who you are, hardly. That's my beautiful daughter. She was, uh, I think it was four years old, and we were at the table, and she didn't like broccoli. And my husband made her, he told her, you're not leaving this table till you eat all this broccoli. And her being the compliant child that she is, she ate all the broccoli, and as soon as she got that last piece down, guess what happened? It all came. <laughs> it all came back up, and we don't let my husband forget that. And... We, <laughs> It's, it's hard to eat broccoli and not think about that moment in our household. We've had, <laughs> thank you, honey. <laughs> well, I'm honored to be here with you today, and a special thank you to Pastors Josh and Stephanie for asking me to speak to you all today. What a full house we have today. You're all amazing. I love you so much. Well, I thought I would start today with a few jokes. Is that okay? I don't normally, but I'm going to today. You, I have to warn you one thing, that if I laugh, it's done. You might as well go home. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share these jokes with you and try to compose myself as I do it. But I think they're really funny. Okay, here's the first one. Are you with me? Two children ordered their mother to stay in bed one Mother's Day morning. As she lay there looking forward to breakfast in bed, the smell of bacon floated up from the kitchen. But after a good long wait, she finally went downstairs to investigate. She found both kids sitting at the table eating the bacon and eggs. <laughs> and they said to her, as a surprise for Mother's Day, we decided to cook our own breakfast. <laughs> I love that. Okay, here's another one. I'll try to compose myself. Two mothers talking. One says, I have the perfect son. And the other one says, does he smoke? She said, no, he doesn't smoke. Does he drink whiskey? No, he doesn't drink whiskey. Does he ever come home late? No, he never comes home late. She says, well, I guess you really do have the perfect son. How old is he? He'll be six months old on Wednesday. <laughs> Okay, here's my favorite. Hold on to your seats, everybody. Here's my favorite. A little girl asked her mom, how did the human race appear? Well, mom answered, God made Adam and Eve, and they had children, and so was all of mankind made. Two days later, the girl asked her father the same question. Dad, how did the human race appear? And dad answered, Many years ago, there were monkeys from which the human race evolved. <laughs> the confused girl returned to her mother and said, Mom, how is it possible that you told me the human race was created by God and Dad said the human race was developed by monkeys? The mother answered, Well, dear, it's very simple. I told you about my side of the family <laughs> and he told you. gosh. Just laugh. We all need a good laugh. I'll tell you what. 
I love that. I told you about my side of the family, and he told you about his side of the family. That's awesome. I'm going to watch that over and over and over again because that just makes me laugh. But happy Mother's Day to you all here today. Not just those of you have, that have children. Many of you are uh, spiritual moms. And so I just salute you all today. Uh, can't have a Mother's Day without thinking about my mother. She went to heaven about eight years ago. But my mother, at the age of 92, but my, my mother taught, taught me everything there is to know about being a mother and a homemaker and celebrating holidays and events and all as an Italian there's always enough food for anybody else at the table that wants to come any stray walking by my mother would have come in the house she was just the to me the epitome of motherhood she lived her life uh, to serve me and my two sisters and I salute you mom I love you and my mother-in-law well let me just say this about my mother my mother she loved everything to do with home. I don't know if any of you might do this, but my mother, she changed curtains every season. Every season she changed curtains. She had curtains for every holiday, every celebration, it, it, everything. She was ironing and starching curtains all year long. And so um, when we moved into the house we're in presently, um, she just got to see it when we passed papers. She came in and the house was empty, but she got to walk through the house. And it was a few, day later, a few days later, I got a phone call from my sister saying that they were having to take, the ambulance was coming, they were taken to my mother in the, to the hospital because you know, she wasn't feeling good or whatever and required that. And she, she was getting ill at that time. And so I jumped in the car, I rushed to Winchester Hospital. I don't know how I did it, but I got there before the ambulance did. And so I'm waiting in the emergency area where the ambulances pull in, and I'm waiting for my mother to arrive. Now, this is how my mother thinks. The ambulance, they take the stretcher out. They're rushing her into the ward. She sees me. She lifts up her head off of the stretcher, and she says, did you get a couch yet? <laughs> She's on her way to heaven. And she won't go until she knows I've got a couch. Because last thing she knew, the house was empty. Yes, Mom, I got a couch. I've got furniture all as well. <laughs> and, of course, my mother-in-law, she was here in first service. She's a beautiful 90-year-old. And while my mother taught me everything about home and family, my mother-in-law taught me everything about ministry, living life in the ministry, serving people, supporting my husband, and all things ministry. And so I do salute my mother-in-law today as well. I know for many of you, this day is a joyful day and most likely will be filled with laughter and food and maybe you'll even get a little bit of rest. But I'm also aware that for many of you, this is a painful day for you, a reminder of what never was and what presently is not for you. But I want to let you know today, wherever you find yourself today, the word of God will be medicine for every area of your life. So receive God's word today. Let's pray before I be begin. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for this moment of time that you've prearranged and made ready for us to live in this moment. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, direct me to speak the perfect will of the Father today. 
And I thank you that these people here today will receive your word, Father, that they'll love it, they'll obey it, and they'll be doers of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have you noticed lately, over the past weeks and months, that the topic of conversation has been, I just can't wait till things get back to normal. How many of you heard people say that? I just can't wait for things to get back to normal. And my response is, why? Why would we want to go back to normal when the greater is ahead of us? It's not behind us. The greater is ahead, and we should be pressing toward the mark of what God has for ahead, ahead of us. Why go back to normal? Normal is mediocre. Normal is boring. Normal is lukewarm. Normal is way too much ordinary. And God has not called us to live an ordinary life. He is not an ordinary God. He is extraordinary. And his nature is in us. And he made us to be extraordinary and to do extraordinary things. Anybody can do ordinary. Anybody can be common. We see it all around us. It requires no effort. It requires no excellence. It requires no creativity, just ordinary. We're surrounded by mediocrity. And if you're not intentional, you will end up in the quicksand of life, ordinary. Let's look at the word ordinary to see what it means. It means usual, normal, common, standard, typical with no distinctive features, or special quality, normal, usual, common. Let me tell you something, church of the living God. You are not normal. You are not common. You are not typical. You are not standard. And you are not, by any means, ordinary. In John chapter 4, we see the story, we read the story of the woman at the well. Jesus speaks into her life and reads her mail. And he tells her, you've had five husbands, and the guy you're living with now is not cutting it for you either. She was looking for her extraordinary in a man. And let me tell you that no man can provide for you what only Jesus Christ can provide for you. There's a hole in your heart that is reserved for God and God alone. And it doesn't come with a title. It doesn't come with position. It doesn't come with recognition. It doesn't come with career or ministry. It's from him and him alone. No human being can fill that need in you that only God and God alone can. I have a wonderful husband. I have a great husband. But he can only do so much. And for me to expect from him what only God can do is unreasonable. And that's a little hint for you women. Sometimes some of the, your askings are unreasonable because what you're looking for, only God can do for you. Amen? Amen. But Jesus told her, what you're looking for, you're not going to find at this well. You may get your thirst quenched for a moment, but I want to tell you about, he said, Water, living water that you can drink from that will quench your thirst and you will never thirst again. And this is the invitation Jesus brings to all of us today to drink from him. 
to live full in him, to exchange our ordinary for his extraordinary life that comes from living and serving him. Let's, let's look at the word extraordinary. Extraordinary means beyond what is usual, uncommon, rare, phenomenal, exceptional, remarkable. This is the life that God has called us to live beyond what is usual, uncommon, rare, phenomenal, exceptional, a remarkable life. You may say, Verna, I am so far from that. Well, this word today is just for you because God's reminding you that he has put in you everything needful to live the extraordinary life that he has called us to live. Can anybody say amen? And the extra to our ordinary life is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In John chapter 14, verse 16, you still with me? Okay. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. I want you to look at these words today, people. Look up here and just look at these words. This Jesus left, the Holy Spirit came to help us live and walk out life here on this earth and listen to who he is. This is who is on the inside of you. The comforter. Have any of you needed a comforter? Maybe today you do. Maybe you're disappointed because you never had children. Maybe you're disappointed because you don't know where your children are. He's a comforter. He's a counselor. Anybody ever need advice? You can run to everybody else for counsel, but try going to the Holy Spirit first. So he's a comforter. He's a counselor. He's a helper. How many of you ever prayed that extraordinary prayer? Help! Anybody pray that? I do that quite often. He's an intercessor. He will pray through you. He will help you pray the perfect will of God. He is in you. He's an advocate when everything else and everybody else is coming against you. Your advocate, he's the one that stands up for you. No weapon formed against you will ever prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you, he'll show it to be in the wrong because this is your inheritance as a child of God. He's your advocate. He stands in court and defends you. He is in you. He's your strengthener. How many of you ever said, God strengthened me? Just strengthen me. The strengtheners on the inside of you, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. We will walk and we will not faint. Strength for the journey, people. You have strength for the journey because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Stand by. He is your standby. He is right next to you right now, this moment, wherever you find yourself today or tomorrow or the mess you may get yourself into next week. He is standing right by you. And then it says he will remain in you forever the Holy Spirit and all of his attributes that are in you and for you remain with you forever amen, amen. amen. this is extraordinary living out of the ordinary living and I want to encourage you today to make a decision to be done with low level living 
low level living, where you live down here, where you think like everybody else, where you see what everybody else sees, and then you end up doing what everybody else is doing. It's low level living. When God has called you up higher to live and to represent him on the earth, to have a blessed family, to be prosperous so that you can bless other people, to do his works here on the earth as Jesus went about in Acts 10 38 going about doing good healing all who are oppressed of the devil because God was with him God is with you and he wants you to go about doing good and he wants you healing all those who are oppressed because God is in you his anointing is in you the Holy Spirit is in you don't choose to live a low level life if you're living a low level life it's your choice with every choice, there is a voice. And you have to make the decision. We all make the decision what voice we're going to listen to. With every choice that, that we have to make, there is a voice. And what voice will you listen to as you go above your li- about your life? Low-level living. Let's live out of the ordinary, people. Let's be who God made us to be. Let's stand out. You don't have to be average. Uh, Several years after the church started, I did this conference. uh, I hosted it for many years. And hundreds of women from all over New England came. And the name of this conference was You Don't Have to Be Average. And we talked about and taught the women how to grow in God, how to be women of God, that they didn't have to choose to be average like everybody else, that they could be business leaders and business owners, that they could be successful at home and successful with their families. God has an extraordinary life for you to live if you will listen to him and follow his pattern. Amen? There are two areas this morning that I want to just share with you quickly. The two areas that were on my heart for today. The first area is this. I hear when I pray, God saying, all hearts come home. He's calling all hearts to come home. There are too many divided interests, distractions, busyness, chaos, dysfunction, many Most are way too busy and wear it as a badge of honor. Listen to me very carefully. Being busy does not make you better. Being busy makes you tired. But it doesn't make you better. And some of you are so busy, you're dizzy from being busy. And I just said that, and I have a thought, and with that thought comes a story that I didn't plan. But let's go. Laurieann was getting married. I have one daughter. And you know, you have one daughter, you want everything to be right. So the furniture had been moved out of her bedroom into the apartment, and so I had turned her bedroom into like Grand Central Station. I had the walls lined, you know, Pastor Josh, the post-it notes that are. The walls were lined with post-it notes. I had everything I was going to do every day, every moment, right 
up to that wedding. And I would be in that room day and night. Some of you mothers are laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was in that room. I was planning. I was writing. I was. And one day I was in the room and I was going around and around and around. And I came out of the room into the hallway. And Laurieann was in the hallway. And for some reason, the way I spun around, I made myself dizzy and I landed up against the wall in the hallway. And she looked at me and said, Mom, you're scaring me. And I thought, she's right. And my next thought was a song, slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last now, skipping down the cobblestone, looking for fun and feeling. <laughs> and that became my little anthem, and I slowed down. You know what? Some of you just need to slow down. You're missing out on way too much. You're living life through, through your phone instead of being engaged in the moments. It's passing by. It's passing by quickly. Busy does not make you better. It just makes you tired. Things we do can seem, you know, day after day after day, the things we do become, seem ordinary. But God can turn those ordinary moments into extraordinary moments for you. But I hear him calling this morning, all hearts turn toward home. All hearts turn toward home. Time is fleeting by and you're missing some of the most important moments of your life. Take the time with your family. Take the time with your children. Take the time with your friends. Whether you're married or whether you're single, whether you have children or no children, whether you live in a mansion or a trailer, he's calling you home. Home to him and home to the place that you call home. The definition of home is the place where one's affections are centered. The place where one's affections are centered. There is no sweeter sound than the sound home. A woman with a newborn baby, she just wants to go home. The soldier on the battlefield, all he can think about is going home. Students at college, they're all gathering now, packing up. They all want to come home for some of mom's cooking. A child, a tough day at school, they just want to get home. Hospital. Anybody been in the hospital? You hear reports that you don't want to hear. You just want to go home. I often think of the story of John Osteen, Pastor John Osteen. Many of you know Joel Osteen. He stands on the shoulders of his great father, John Osteen. And he tells the miraculous story of his wife, Dodie, who I believe it was 1981, when she hadn't been feeling good for a period of time and through a series of tests, they found that she had metastatic liver cancer and only two weeks to live. The hospital would not discharge her, but Pastor John picked up his wife. He said she was a bag of bones with a dress on. He took her into the service elevator because the doctors would not discharge her because of how sick she was. And he says he picked up that, his wife, a bag of bones, and he said, Dodie, we're going home, and we're going to get our miracle. 
And we are 40-something years later, and she gives her testimony of healing all over the world. I encourage you to listen to it. There's miracles in your house. God wants miracles in your home. He wants you to experience miracles with his children and with your relationships and in your finances, in your career, in your service. Some of you today might need a real miracle. God is with you. He's in your home. He's in your life. He will travel with you. He will go with you. Will you acknowledge your extraordinary God today and thank him for his miracle working power alive and ready for you at any moment? Amen. Some of you might be hearing this for the first time. And some of you know where you have let your guard down at home. And the Lord is asking you, will you bring your heart home today? Will you put the walls back up? Will you get your speaking in line with his words instead of criticizing and using your mouth as a weapon of war instead of the creative tool that it is to build your future? Turn your heart back home. Home where Jesus Christ occupies the chief place and his presence is full of in every chamber of your home. Put the praise and worship back on. Start your day with it, people. Shut the news. Shut the reports that have nothing to do with the grace of God or the power of God in your life. Start your day with the word. Put the worship back on. Keep it playing. Go to bed with it playing. You can only listen to that other stuff so much. You're going to be gravitated toward what you listen to. You're going to end up carrying out what you listen to. Start your day with God and his word and his promises so that you can go into your day full of victory, knowing that the greater one is in you, the greater one is for you, and that he always causes you to triumph. Amen? Put the scriptures back up on your refrigerator and on your mirrors. And if you've never done that, do it today. Get the, what do you believe in God for? You get the scriptures that have to do with what you're believing God for and put them up everywhere. Proverbs 4 says, don't let the word depart from your eyes. That takes work. You got to do your part. It takes work. The Holy Spirit will walk with you and he'll talk to you. And when you go through times and seasons of life where you feel like you don't hear God's voice and you can't hear his direction and you don't know what to do, I share with you what the Lord shared with me one time when I was getting aggravated because I couldn't hear his voice and I wasn't getting direction in an area that I needed direction. And he said, Verna, when you don't hear me, read me. When you don't hear me, read me. Because God's word is God speaking to you. And God's word is his will. You want to know what the will of God is? Read it. You want a prophetic word? Read it. You want to know what to do about tomorrow? Read it. You want to know with everything they're saying, the shortages and gas prices and we're running out of the food, running out of food. And by the fall, there's not going to be food and you're not going to be able to get anything. I defy every one of those words. 
walks with people of God, we're children of God, and the righteous have never been forsaken or seen begging for bread. We're tithers. We're offering givers. We live under an open heaven, an open heaven. Don't close it with your mouth, people. Don't close it by conforming to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Say what he says. Do what he says. The blessing is in the doing. We will never run out of food. We will never run out of gas, no matter how expensive it is. Stop saying how expensive it is. Why don't you start saying, I'm the seed of Abraham, and the blessings of Abraham belong to me. Why don't you start saying, I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. Why don't you start saying what God said, that whatever your hands touch will prosper. Why would you agree with a devil world? Why would you agree with a devil world when God said you will never go without? You will never be without. And if he takes care of the sparrows, he's going to take care of you. Amen. And he says, take no thought. Take no thought. He says in Matthew 6, take no thought, take no thought. Don't take it. When the thought comes, your marriage is falling apart, don't take it. When the thought comes, you don't have enough, don't take it. Take what the word says. Take what the word says. Do what the word says. Receive, the scripture says, hear the word of God. Receive the word of God. Love the word of God. Obey the word of God. And the blessings are in the doing. I'm declaring over you today that IFC will never be without one thing that we need. Not one penny, not one facility. We won't be without equipment. We won't be without the people we need. We will never lack for no good thing. He'll never withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly in him. It doesn't mean walking perfect. It just means having a heart towards God. Anybody in here have a heart towards God? You will never be without. You will never be without. Even if it gets down to the moment where you have to set your table. Jonathan and I did that in our first years of marriage. We had nothing. We were, we were flipping cushions over to get together 99 cents to buy a bottle of formula for Jay. Flipping cushions, going through old purses for 99 cents. We were just learning to walk out faith. And we thought, faith is an act. We heard that. Faith is an act. Faith does something. So we set the table. We set the table. We sat at the table. Jay had his formula. We got, found 99 cents. I mean, we went through everything. It was 99 cents for a tall can. It was called ProSobi. We set the table. We sat at the table. And God is my witness. How much longer was it, honey? Within a matter of, I want to say 30, 30 minutes, there was a knock on our door and there was a woman with seven bags of groceries for our family. God knows where you're at. He knows what you need. He's your father. He's a good father. He's not going to leave you without. So say, call what you want. Don't be calling what you don't want because you're just going to get more of that. 
If you don't like how you're living today, if you don't like the, the culture or the atmosphere of your home, if you don't like the relationship, the way your relationships are going, stop saying what you have and start saying what should be. What he says belong to you. His promises belong to you. And you can turn your life on a dime, people. If you will speak and agree with the word of God, you can turn your life on a dime. Amen. I'm making myself happy. So fill your home with love and laughter. Put the scriptures back up. Don't just send your kids to bed. I know what it's like. You, you can't wait. You can't wait. Get those kids in that tub, throw some clothes on them, and put them in the bed. Lock the door. We'll come get them tomorrow. I, I remember those days. But let me tell you, you take the time. Don't send them to bed. Put them to bed. Pray for them. Don't have a Bible study. Just speak the word over them. Pray for them. You try to have a Bible study with a three-year-old, and then you get mad because they're not listening to you about the book of Revelation. People, let's get a life here. <laughs> Just put them to bed. Pray for them. Lay your hands on them. Speak the word over them. We did that with our, our kids are older with their families of their own, but we did that with our kids till they left for college. We did it with them till they left for college. We prayed that they would make right choices and godly decisions. We prayed for the favor of God upon their lives. And, you know, it just takes a few minutes, but it's a habit that you should develop that they will never forget. And all that word will be stored up. All the word of God will be stored up for them. Hallelujah. The second thing I want to say here real quickly, because my time is running out, is this. Number one, bring it back home. Do you understand what I mean by that? Bring your attention, your affections, all back home. The last thing I want to say to you is this. Bring the extra back into your prayer life. Bring the extra back into your prayer life. God wants you to have an out-of-the-ordinary prayer life. He wants you to have a, a living, thriving prayer life, communication with him. It's great that you have your lists, and I have my lists, and it's great that you have your pictures, and I have my pictures. It's great that you pray scriptures and speak your confessions. Yes, we do all those things. But the Holy Spirit wants to breathe life into your union and your communion and your fellowship with him. If your prayers are empty, there's no refreshing. And this is the refreshing, the scripture says. This is the refreshing, praying in the spirit. Asking God to breathe his life into your prayer life so that you can sense that communion with him. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says this, The grace, the favor, and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the presence, the fellowship, and the communion, and the participation in the Holy Spirit be with you all. I just, I love this. I love this, the presence of God, the fellowship, communion, sharing together, participation in the Holy Spirit. When you pray, you're working together with God. When you pray and he breathes on your prayer life, the fellowship and the deep communion is like nothing you've ever experienced before. And he wants you to go there. 
He wants you to go there with him. Not just, God, give me this, give me that, get up and go away. He wants you to have a supernatural, extraordinary prayer life. So you can experience his presence and that you can experience the fruit and the joy of answered prayer. There's fruit and there's joy in answered prayer. How many of you have ever had your prayers answered? Has it not brought you joy? That's what he wants you to experience all the time. And when you pray, it's not about how loud you pray. It's not about how long you pray. It's remembering who you are when you pray. That you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That you're sons and daughters of God. That we're the head and not the tail. That we're above and not beneath. That we're in union and communion with the Holy Spirit. Remembering who you are when you pray. And taking your position of victory when you pray. The greater one is in you. And whatever your need is today, find the scripture that has to do with the need that you have and bring it before the Father. The Bible says God is watching over his word to perform it, and he will perform it for you. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that God raised Jesus up, and then Jesus turned to the church, and Jesus raised the church up. What does that have to do with anything? It has to do with everything about position. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, positioned far above every demonic force, far above every principality and every power, far above all the evil influences of this world. Christ has seated you. The Bible says you have joint seating with him, and he has seated you far above the beggarly elements of this world, far above all the evil that's going on. And so when you pray, you pray from that position of authority and dominion. You're not under the circumstances. You're far above. You're far above. The devil is under your feet, and the church needs to stop acting like we're under his feet. And walk in your dominion and walk in your authority and know why God put you here to rule and to reign in life by one Christ Jesus. To represent him well. To represent him well. You are people most prosperous. You are a people most victorious. You are a people that are the head and not the tail. You are a people that have the favor of God coming and going and all around you. Goodness and mercy follow you all the days of our lives. Signs, wonders, and miracles accompany you. God's gone before you to make the crooked places straight. You can't lose the church cannot lose we cannot lose we cannot lose if you're losing today it's because you forgot who you are and I'm reminding you today that you are sons and daughters of the most high God and that your big brother, brother Jesus Christ hung on a cross for you, shed his blood, his body was broken so we'd experience forgiveness of sin and the healing of our bodies. He's provided victory and joy and strength and peace. That's who we are. 
That's what's on the inside of us. And wherever we go, signs, wonders, and miracles are supposed to happen. When the church leaves these double doors, it's the church. It's the miracle working power of God going into the world, laying your hands on the sick, being seeing people delivered, and not being ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody else is given their opinion, and the church is shying away from theirs. I'm telling you now, you've been created to rule and to reign and to speak for God on this earth. Don't you be quiet for one minute. If you're ashamed to pray in a restaurant, I pray the breath of God brings new life into your prayer life. If you're ashamed to pray in school, I pray the breath of God breathes on you and strengthens you. You're made to be bold. You're made to carry out the will of God on the earth. Everything Jesus did, we're here to complete the mission. That's what we're here for, to complete the mission. And if he went about doing good and laying hands on the sick and bringing good news and preach, that's what we are here to do. And that's what this church is committed to do. Always has been, always will be. Amen. You can go through your life remarking about all your problems or you can make a decision to remake them. You can complain and remark about all that's going wrong in your life and that's ordinary. That's normal. That's easy to do. You can remark about all those things or you can remake it by speaking the word of God and changing your life on a dime because of the power of the word of God. Amen. Our prayers take effect. Our prayers have filled barren wombs. Our prayers have dissolved cancers. Our prayers have kept kids in the will of God. Our prayers have gone from this place out into the nations. Our prayers have filled empty cabinets, delivered children from drugs. Our prayers have snatched people from the pit of hell. Our prayers have made a way when there seemed to be no way. That's your praying. That's the power that's on the inside of you. That's the extraordinary life that God wants you and I to live. To partner with the Holy Spirit in prayer. Do you want that today? To partner with him in prayer. My time is, I'm over my time, but oh church, what God wants for you, what God wants for you is magnificent. It's magnificent. Don't live low level. Don't try to figure it all out yourself. All you're going to do is get a headache. Ask me how I know. Don't try to figure it out yourself. Don't try to raise your kids according to the current secular philosophy. The word of God has everything you need to raise your children. Everything you need to be the mother and father that live extraordinary lives and have extraordinary families. It doesn't mean there won't be challenges. 
It doesn't mean there won't be tough times, but you live from your heavenly position knowing the greater one is in you and whatever's happening is temporary and it's fleeting and it's subject to change. Everything contrary to the word of God is subject to change if you'll speak the word of God. There's no need for low-level living. Will you stand with me? God wants us, church, to come up higher, to come up higher. When we speak the word, when we sing the word, when we read the word, there's a lifting. There's a lifting. Today, I pray that you have been lifted by God's word and challenged not to live an ordinary life like everybody else when God is in you. And the power of the Holy Spirit is in you. And everything that pertains to life and godliness is in you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for these precious people. I thank you for their lives, Father. I thank you, Lord, that as they look to you, you are already willing and ready to meet their every need. I speak a blessing over them today, Father. I pray that your word will not return void, Father, but that it will accomplish in them that which pleases you, Lord, so they can live a higher level of life. I bless them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. such an amazing time together. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes right where you are. I'm only going to keep you just another minute, but you can't hear a message like that and not give an invitation for people to take a step up in their life. And that step belongs, starts, and finishes with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you say, man, I want to live an extraordinary life. I'm, I've been living normal, common, just mediocre, but I'm done with that. I'm done with low-level living. I want to invite you to a relationship with Jesus. And that's where the extraordinary begins to happen in your life. The Bible makes it very simple. It says, if you believe that Jesus died and was risen from the grave for you, then you have eternal life with him. John 10.10 says that he came that you might have life and life more abundantly. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. Today's my day. I want to make him the Lord of my life all across this room. And those watching online, just raise your hand and let me know that's you. Right where you stand, just say, Pastor, pray for me. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. I just want to know who am I praying for today. All across this room, you say, I need Jesus today. I want that extraordinary life I just heard about. I'd love an opportunity to pray with you. All across this room, just put your hand up and put it right back down. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Yes, sir, I see you. Yes, sir, I see you. Yep, yep. Yes, sir, absolutely. Yes, sir. Who wants to join these right over here? Yes, I see you over here on my right. Yes, ma'am. Be the greatest decision you ever made. Yes, ma'am, I see you. Some of you have been praying for this. I need change. Yes, sir, I see you right down here, right front. You say, I've been needing a change. You've been telling your friends, I need change. I, I got to get something different in my life. This isn't working. Today's your day all across this room one last time. Join these brave individuals. Yes, I see you right back there. I say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus today. 
Maybe you're watching online. You say, that's me. Right there in the chat box. Yes, I see you. Right there, I see you. In the chat box right there, just say, I need prayer. Will somebody pray with me? And our, our team online is going to join you in prayer right there. Anybody else say, Pastor, pray for me? Yes, ma'am. I got you. Look at me now with your heads up and eyes looking at me. Man, what a great day. What an amazing day. So many of you are getting ready to have true life change right now. And I want those that have already done this before, let's pray together. We're a family church. I don't want to embarrass anybody. So out of your mouth, whether you raised your hand, whether you should have raised your hand right there online in your living room or in your workspace, say this. We say, Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sins. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead so that I can have an abundant life. Today, I say I want the extraordinary life that's been promised to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you make some noise for all those that prayed that prayer?